exclusive podcast from Impact 89 FM. WDBM East Lansing. You think the Pistons are playoff bound? This MSU team deserves to be in a BCS game. I'm Alex Sharg, and the March surprises keep coming. The first 15 seed to ever make the Sweet 16, along with surprise from some Tigers. All this and more. This is the Spartan Sports Wrap. And like I said, some surprises from some Tigers. Tiger Woods coming out and giving an impressive performance at the Arnold Palmer Invitational, along with the surprise of the Memphis Tigers who dropped to the Spartans this past week in March Madness. I'm Alex Sharg. If you have not tuned in before, this is the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact 89 FM 88.9. Call letters are WDBM East Lansing. Uh, We start with MSU Sports first, then we jump to local. That's your Detroit Sports, Tigers, Pistons, Lions, whatever it may be. Then we jump to a little bit of national. Like I said, Tiger Woods, and along with Tiger, the Miami Heat, moving on by opponent, by opponent, by opponent, surprising teams week in and week out. And, of course, who better to talk about all the news and sports with Dan Cryer, who is with us once again, the Ph.D. student in the School of Journalism. Uh, he is starting media and information sciences with sports research and team affiliation. If you were tuning in two weeks ago, Dan was with us before. So, of course, glad to have him back. Dan, uh, just to start before we get into the Chad Ocho Zero segment, Let's just talk about your bracket for a second. Uh, and I want to hear from the listeners, of course, open lines all show. 517-432-3893. 517-432-3893. How's your bracket? I mean, are you 16 for 16, or is your bracket busted balls like mine was? You know, I got 12 for 16. I consider myself fortunate. I'm looking. I, I didn't have the Gonzaga upset. I, I didn't think they'd go out so quick, but I, I had them losing to Ohio State. I didn't have LaSalle. I didn't have Marquette, and they've squeaked through two wins. And obviously, I did not have Florida Gulf Coast, who is the story of the tournament so far. Uh, and the stories continue like they do here on the Sports Wrap. Each week, we have a special guest. Last week, we actually had Dan Dickerson, play-by-play, play-by-play voice for the Detroit Tigers, on with us. Uh, the week before Dan, we had uh, we had Josh Mansour, the state news football beat writer and basketball beat writer, and then we had Clarissa Bell at Michigan State. Guard And in future weeks, we will be having some more guests before the semester ends, so you definitely want to keep staying tuned to Impact 89 FM every Monday from 7 to 8. Of course, before we get into uh, our brackets with Dan, I want to talk about the Chad Ocho Zero segment because Chad Johnson this week he has some better news. He got his probation lowered. Uh, so he actually, according to the source from NBC South Miami, uh, he actually finished his anger management classes and according to his reports of his domestic battery charges, they will be dropped because of his uh, his nice relationship and because of the fact that he is improving his moral standards. Uh, uh, of course, he is still continuously trying to make a team. Rumors about him linking up with Andre Johnson on the Texans. Uh, Johnson, Johnson, because they were high school rivals. So that would be interesting uh, as well. So keep saying, too, with Chad Johnson, he cannot just stay out of here. We're just going to keep talking about him each week. But uh, now that that's done, let, let's just start it off with the biggest surprise thus far, as we were talking about, Dan, before we got on the air, is Florida Gulf Coast. I mean, wow. It's amazing. Who would think that this team is actually a legitimate Final Four contender? Yes. Nothing Nothing they're doing is accidental. They're running great backdoor cuts. They're, they're dunking on the break. They're throwing alley-oop lobs. This guy, Comer, is a legit point guard. He had more than 10 assists yesterday. So the team is a cohesive unit. That- and, and, and you know what's scary about this team is this is the same team that defeated Miami, the U, who is a favorite in the tournament this year. They defeated this Miami team earlier in the same season. They so, beat them bad. Badly. And, and that's scary. I mean, this team just looks electric. They look energized every game. They look consistent. I mean, that that's the thing when it comes to tournament that, that will really take your team far is the consistency. Now you 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 were talking about that. Of course, you right. didn't have this team in your uh, in your Sweet Sixteen, no. and personally, I had Georgetown in my Final Four. So this was pr- a pretty shock to me because, besides us, I mean, who who out there is watching Florida Gulf Coast throughout the year? Uh, 
ideally, Dan, how far can this team really go? Well, the beautiful thing about the tournament is no one saw this coming, and look what we have. We have Florida Gulf Coast versus the Florida Gators. They won the back-to-back titles there when they had uh, Joachim Noah and, and, and Horford. So we have a championship team coming with the, the, the ultimate Cinderella because, like you said, this team looks like they can make a deep run. So now if they get past the Florida Gators – you're looking at you're looking at uh, which which bracket are they? Let me just double check over here. They're they're uh, I think they're in the south. Yeah, it, it probably it's either going to be Kansas or the Michigan Wolverines. It, well, it has to be in the Elite Eight. So can you imagine? Either way, if Florida Gulf Coast gets the Elite Eight game, the whole nation's going to be behind them at that point. If they beat the Florida Gators to get one step away, and and who knows? Unbelievable. Five one seven four three two three eight nine three. If any of you out there had Florida Gulf Coast in your Sweet Sixteen, I want to hear it because I think what only two percent. Of the whole no fifteen te- no fifteen seed has ever made it to the second to pass 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 yeah. the, you know one win it's unbelievable unbelievable yep. Can't wow. believe it. I mean even if you are from South Florida tuning in because we do have some listeners from Miami I mean if you are tuning in right now and you're sitting there with your Florida Golf Coach team and you really think that this team can go far I mean wh- I mean can you name one guy that was up for Player of the Year on that roster No this is just a solid team that's playing decent basketball uh, some more surprises. Uh, when it comes to some seeds, some uh, some surprise seeds is LaSalle. I mean, let's just look at LaSalle and what they've done. I mean, I personally, I had, I had Kansas State in my Elite Eight. Me uh, too. And I mean, this is a Kansas State team that had a close loss to Kansas. Uh, no, I think they, they I think they got blown out by Kansas right, in that right. tournament. Uh, but in, in the Big 12 tournament, Kansas State got blown out by Kansas. Uh, but, but this was a Kansas State team that is very well coached, a little upset after last year's performance. In the tournament, the game and, was in Kansas City, where LaSalle went into Kansas City and knocked them off. Right, that's I mean. Right, and, and the other thing about LaSalle is that not only did they defeat Kansas State, but they defeated an Ole Miss team that that's pretty pretty well put together too. Uh, how far can LaSalle get? Is is there going to be a thirteen or a fifteen in the Elite Eight? In your opinion, it's it's it's, it's definitely possible. possible. It's because, definitely possible because you're looking at Ohio State's going to play Arizona. Now the, the game's in Los Angeles. It's the West Bracket, so there's a good chance that either of those teams are going to be highly favored in no matter what Elite Eight matchup comes. But if LaSalle gets another win, that'll be their fourth consecutive tourney victory already, and then there's there's no stopping a team with that that, that amount of confidence. So. It, it it could possibly be like a LaSalle versus a Louisville or Michigan State or a Duke in the Final Four game. It could be a Florida Gulf Coast versus a Miami-Florida rematch or an Indiana in the other Final Four. Unbelievable. 517-432-3893. Did you throw darts at your bracket this year? I mean, how in the, in the world do you have some of these picks like LaSalle and your Sweet 16 and Florida Gulf Coast? Uh, I, I, I'm I'm shocked, mind-boggled. Uh, I, I want to hear from you. Uh, feel free to tweet at us as well, at 89FM Sports Wrap. I want to remind you also, if you're just tuning in, or if it's your first time, we do have a special prize each week. We will continue those in weeks, in weeks to come, so I invite you to keep staying tuned. In the past, we've given away Peter Pitt gift cards. Uh, we've given away some Cozy gift cards, some Nebo gift cards. That's Ned's Bookstore in Grand River. Uh, you can also shop online at Nebo. Uh, but yeah, we've, we've got all sorts of prizes, some movie passes too, so uh, you definitely want to stay tuned each week as we ask a new trivia question. Uh, alongside with LaSalle, uh, the other surprise, let's just talk about it right now, was the Michigan State Spartans blowout against Memphis. I mean, I came into this game, Dan, and I don't know if you're listening out there and you thought the same, but I came into this Memphis game and I was scared. I thought that after three years ago with Calipari's team in 2009, when Memphis triumphed over when Memphis triumphed over Michigan State, I was scared that Michigan State would have similar problems. I mean, the Calipari team, sure, it, it had a different prestige level back then. Uh, it was more nationally recognized, but it's the same kind of makeup. The, I mean, the Memphis teams are typically athletic, run the court, uh, you know, run the court philosophies yeah. that that typically you know catch teams off guard. And, and Michigan State, regardless of if Izzo would have his guys ready, I personally thought they would struggle. I mean, right. What do you take now, away from okay, this game? M- definitely. M- Memphis was highly athletic. They came into the game with a record of 31-4. and four, But I think the difference was the first half, the play of, first, the play of Adrian Payne was above and beyond. And two weeks ago when, when I was in here, we were talking about Adrian Payne. He's doing what everybody was hoping. But then you had the, the, the wild card of Gary Harris. He ended the game 4-7 for seven from three-point land, 6-9 for nine from the field, 7-8 for eight for the free throw line for 23 points. But Payne added 14 points, 10 rebounds. So the team is getting the X-Factor. Nix was great in the first game. 
pain is spectacular. And then you have the players like Appling's a nice, nice, nice little. Uh, st- he steadies the whole team. And then you have Harris pouring in threes. Right, this is a tough it's team. Scary. It's a scary. It's team. really scary because not only is it a scary team, but the thing that I'm most scared about, Dan. I don't know about you, is the fact that we may not see Adrian Payne here next year. I just think that his possible. draft stock is rising so quickly. Yes, and if he stays another year, you know, regardless of how well he plays this tournament. If this MS, I mean, let's just take predictions. 517-432-3893. How far does MSU need to go when it comes to Adrian Payne leaving? If Michigan State reaches the Final Four, does that increase the chance of Adrian Payne leaving? Let's just ask Dan Cryer right here, who studies this kind of stuff. I mean, this is a, a sports research guy we and team affiliation guy we have right here. Well, it, exactly. The the. What, I mean, just from an NBA scouting perspective, you, there's so much to love about what Adrian Payne is doing right now. He's, he's, he's rebounding. He's making the commentators on TV go, look at that, the way he's rising up. He's, he's making his, his jump shots. He's making a couple three-pointers here and there. But it's his rebounding, and it's his, it's his physical presence underneath. I mean, he threw a, an, an alley-oop dunk down. He rebounds and throws dunks down. This guy is doing everything that a basketball player could want to do in a body like his. So... If I'm a scout, I'm I'm really considering his upside. Yeah, he and he's just so raw. I mean, this is a guy that has improved so much throughout this year, and now you see the Adrian Payne. Would you see Adrian Payne blocking DJ Stevens for a dunk uh, three months ago? No, the wow. answer is no. Yeah, and now you're seeing Adrian Payne blocking DJ Stevens double doubles. You know, game in and game out. This is the Adrian Payne that can win without Keith Appling on the court, and that's something that we've talked about on this show. All year long, and it's something that I didn't believe, is that Michigan State can't win without Keith Appling. Well, they proved last game after Keith went two points, one for five from the field, that they can win without Keith Appling on the court. Uh, your thoughts, Dan? I mean, what does this say about this? Does this have another level than what you saw well, earlier? I mean, look at look at what, like I said, Nick's played so great. He had 23 and 15 in the opening wing against Val- Valparaiso. Then you have Payne giving 14 and 10, and Appling, he gets a sh- shoulder injury, which he will be ready for the Duke game, but... Now, what's to say he doesn't break out with 23 points? Then you have Gary Harris. He's there. And, and Valentine gave you nine, nine points, six, six rebounds, six assists. So you have a guy that can maybe get close to a triple-double. The team is kind of stuck. Trice played really, really good defense. He made a couple crucial steals there when we broke the game open. So uh, th- this team has multi-multi levels of different guys that can come at you at any time of the game. Right. Now, alongside with the play of Adrian Payne, and, and we're just going to get in a little heated debate right now. Now, Gavin Schilling, the recent commit, if you haven't heard, uh, Chicago native, Finley Pratt, Nevada, senior center. Gavin Schilling chose Michigan via Twitter uh, this past Wednesday. He chose them over UCLA, Minnesota, who lost to Florida the other night, and Villanova. Uh, this is a, pretty, a huge scoop because Michigan State unable to get Jabari Parker, which yeah. many people thought they would. Uh, now, let me ask you this. Now, the fact that Gavin Schilling, the six foot nine center, is coming to Michigan State, does that hint that, A, they're either just trying to replace Knicks, or B, maybe that's the backup in case Payne leaves? I mean, the fact that Payne is getting so much attention, so much raw ability, uh, he's he's probably the most fired up on the bench uh, compared to anyone that we've seen this year. Uh, does this hint that this could be the year he leaves? I'm... I'm- it's starting to look more and more like a possibility, and 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 what a better stage for him to go in Indianapolis on Friday night, playing against Duke, where Jabari Parker's headed. I mean, w- what a way to show them up! A victory over Duke, you're going to get so much national publicity going to the Elite Eight game. So it's looking to me, if I like I said, if I was an NBA scout, I would want a guy like Adrian Pan on my team. Right, and the funny thing is, Gavin Schilling and Jabari Parker played together on the Mac Irvin Fire back at, in Chicago. So. Uh, some 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 paths crossing this weekend uh, as the Spartans face Duke University. Uh, besides that, uh, let's just talk about some of the other aspects of that game. Denzel Valentine playing very well. Great. Some great floaters in the lane. Uh, I mean, what, what do you have to say about Denzel? I mean, is this a guy who's going to start next year? I why why not? I mean, he, he and Harris both. Uh, I I'd even make a comment. I, friends of mine have joked with me because I said, you know, if Valentine wanted to go pro right now, he could. His father's a, a coach here in in Lansing, right, and, right. and people who know his family say, oh, there's there's no way because because he has such an upside with that with the multi leveled game. He can dish out ten assists if he wanted to, but he has the talent that that if he grows into where he can get a quick quicker jump shot 
and and more of that aggressiveness in the lane so he can be a more 12 to 15 point score along with eight assists eight rebounds then you're going to see maybe if he does that next year that'll buy harris goodbye valentine but but it's just such a nice thing to have a big man that can handle the ball right goodbye harris goodbye valentine but let, let, i'm not, th- all right before <laughs> i get all antsy here I, i'm i'm a little scared now we've seen this football team we saw Sims surprisingly leave early. I think Le'Veon Bell was ex- probably expected, yeah. although D'Antonio wanted him. Golston probably a, in the middle, you'd say maybe. Uh, not exactly a, you know uh, right in there because he had a little bit of a disappointment this year. Uh, but obviously big holes to fill. Now, I look at this basketball team, and with Payne's draft stock rising, Gary Harris, I heard one guy say that he looks like a lottery pick. I mean... It's scary that this could be the year that Michigan State sports suffer huge losses. I mean, from basketball to football to uh, you know to to guys that that may have not had the early season hype that are showing themselves later throughout the year, or that think they have a chance like Deion Sims in the draft. Now, it's scary to me. I mean, you think that Gavin Schilling could hint that uh, you know that Adrian Pan could be leaving. And what I'm going to say, just to give you a little counter-argument, is no. And and the reason is because when we when we did not sign Jabari Parker, we had no commits. We had zero. Now, with one guy leaving, sure, not too hard to replace. Maybe look at a walk-on that we have right now. Uh, they do have Ghana. They have Costello yeah, coming back. Mm-hmm. Kaminsky's there, yeah. sharpshooter. Yeah. But I think the point is, I mean, this is a 6'9 center, not as big as Knicks, but... He's the fill. I mean, this is the guy who's filling in for Knicks. And sure, it's very simple. Uh, and, of course, it's it's an extra body. But I think that uh, maybe Gavin Schilling is looking at Adrian Payne and is looking at the fact that, hey, this guy's draft stock's rising. He's probably going to leave. I'm going to go to Michigan State because they're going to have two empty holes in their starting lineup. Now, I mean, do you think that that may have had something to do with it? Obviously, we don't know. But right. personally, I do. I, look, anybody coming out of high school wants one thing, and that's national exposure. And so the beautiful thing about the NCAA tournament is a team that goes farther, all eyes are on them. So you got the Sweet 16 coming up. You have Michigan State, Duke, rivals. I looked. In, in 2005, when Michigan State made the run to the Final Four, they beat Duke in the Sweet 16. Uh, so there's a history there. Michigan State's had success against Duke. So if Michigan State can, can say, you know what, Duke – you're nothing to us. We'll just dispose of you here because the team that they have right now is, a, like I said, Michigan State has a many ways to beat you, and if they can show up and 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 put away Duke, that may maybe make somebody like Jabari Parker think twice. You know, right, so. right. Now, now, and that's the other thing is is our coming into this game. I said that I was more scared about Memphis than Duke, and I think you th- you said that maybe. You are more scared about Duke than Memphis. Is that true? Or? Well, I mean, Duke has Seth Curry. He's a, he's a senior. He's experienced. And then there's Plumlee. And I just, I maybe I don't, not big a Duke fan enough to follow the players. But those are the players that I know. Because Curry's, he put 26 in one of the game. And you know Plumlee's there. So, but otherwise, I guess I, I, I will learn on Friday how good Duke is as a team. Now, if you're listening out there, 517-432-3893. We'd love to take your calls. Now, is Plumlee soft to you? Uh, I mean, we've seen him flop around a little bit throughout the tournament thus far. Uh, not as scrappy as probably some of the other big men. Uh, teams trying to take advantage of it. But if you're Michigan State, if you're a Michigan State fan out there listening right now, and you're seeing this team beat Memphis surprisingly by 20 plus, beat Valparaiso by 20 plus, and now you're going into Duke, where we we do have trouble against them, but. I mean, this is looks like a totally Michigan, totally different Michigan State team that started off this year. Are you scared against this Duke team? Do you think Plumlee is soft? Uh, I mean, do you think that Rashid maybe has a little bit uh, of of a of an interest, or do you think he's going to be that game changer? Five one seven four three two three eight nine three. We are also taking tweets all show at eighty nine FM Sports Rap, and we also want to know what did you do. Uh, when it came to picking your tournament, did you just throw darts at the board? Did you uh, uh, close your eyes, run around with a baseball bat, and, and throw it against what team you thought was going to win? Or did you just pick names out of a hat? I mean, because personally, when you're looking at some of these games, are, I mean, when you're, when you're looking at some of these 12 or 13 seeds, and we all know that the number one seeds weren't granted, then that's another issue. Uh, more NCAA tournament talk will take about 10 more minutes before the break at 7.30. Uh, let's just talk about 
the number one seeds just to start. Uh, I personally had Wichita State over Gonzaga. Uh, I watched this team last year. Mm -hmm. Uh, I knew that, you know, they were very well coached. Uh, I mean, they could run with anyone. It's just all about them not committing turnovers. But we looked at this Gonzaga team, and then you compare with the very highly ranked Gonzaga team years ago with Adam Morrison. Yeah. And personally, I thought Adam Morrison's team was a little bit better. Um, You look at this Indiana team. What their close loss to Temple the other night. Very, very scary. Uh, then you go up north, Louisville, sure, they're probably the best number one seed in the whole thing. Then you look at Kansas, had a very, very close up uh, toss with North Carolina. Uh, I mean, obviously, Louisville is probably the upfront favorite in your eyes, too, Dan, when it comes to winning. But, yeah. I mean, what does that say about uh, this selection committee? I mean, of course, the records show how they choose, how they choose what definitely proves it. But what I don't understand is how could a number two Miami— and I'm not, I'm not saying this because I chose them to win it, because I did. <laughs> but I, I don't understand how a number 2 Miami, who's proven themselves against tough divisional opponents, compared to a Gonzaga team that hasn't played one good opponent on year, opponent all year, and it's, a, it's an ACC team. This is ACC basketball. I mean, it's not like you're choosing you know, a Mountain West. You're not choosing a New Mexico. You're, I mean, this is Miami, who's slowly establishing themselves as a basketball school. Now... I thought, and I think other coaches in the ACC, analysts out there, and they have agreed that the ACC was slated this year when it comes to selection, when it comes to uh, overall talent with their team, they were slated. Uh, do you agree? I mean, what do you think needs to happen in the future to make sure this doesn't happen again? Well, uh, if you look, both Duke and Miami both got two seeds, and either one of them could have been awarded the one seed. I, if I think about it, just to get into the minds of the selection committee, so this total conjecture on my part, the West bracket, they probably wanted to get a Western team, a West Coast team into the West bracket. So they sent Gonzaga. They gave them the number one seed. They figured their record was 31-2, and two, I think, going into that. And uh, and and really, if, if nothing, this validates the fact that teams like Gonzaga don't deserve number one seeds. And so I think they might have ruined – Chances for teams from mid-major schools to get number ones. You know, it's they did not show well in the Southern right. game. They did not show well. And, and look, and we're not going to compare basketball to football. But when TCU got the chance to play Oklahoma in that in that game years ago, they proved it. I mean, that totally changed the whole. The Boise State Fiesta Bowl, right? Because TCU won the Rose Bowl. Right, right. Excuse me, Boise State. But that totally flip flopped the whole BC. Totally. Before Boise State, you know, won that game, I don't think any small conference schools ever got a nod or any chance. To compete because we haven't seen a small school team win against such a powerful Oklahoma team in years. Now, switch over to basketball. I mean, do you think that holds some the same similarities? Well, it doesn't matter where you're from if you can get it done. And look at Brad Stevens and Butler. They went two consecutive years. Now, they didn't win, but they came a, a, a half-court heave away from beating Duke. And then Connecticut was just a world beaters when they beat Butler. But but Brad Stevens has shown that he can get it all the way then. Shaka Smart. Now, VCU, that was a hard hard hill to climb to be in Auburn Hills to play Michigan the way Michigan played. But Shaka Smart is now being looked at for maybe the UCLA job or the opening in the Minnesota job. Right. He, and he took, them, he took VCU to the Final Four. Jim Laranega, who's the coach of Miami, he took George Mason to the Final Four. So the thing about Mark Few is he gets a lot of respect, and the teams are good, and Olenek is going to be a good pro, and there's 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 great guard play with with Pangos, but he did not get it done when the money was on the table. And Pangos also almost committed to Michigan. He was mm. actually in that recruiting mix, so interesting there. Uh, 517-432-3893, phone's a little bit silent today, but we are taking your calls. We'd love to hear from you on Impact 89 FM. Uh, if you're just tuning in, this is the Spartan Sports Wrap. I'm Alex Shark. Next to me, Dan Cryer, the Ph.D. student here at Michigan State who is studying sports research and team affiliation uh, in the Media and Information Sciences Department. Uh, Dan's also a student assistant for MSU Athletics, so uh, we haven't even talked really much uh, about this Michigan team yet uh, because, of course, we've been focused on MSU in this <laughs> bracket. But, I mean, man, uh, from Tim Hardaway electrifying dunks to Mitch McGarry's 20 That's what I'm thinking about, double, McGarry. double. I mean, man, I mean, Mitch McGarry was so highly recruited yeah. to start. I mean, that, that's one thing off the bat. And then you look at McGarry's highly recruited value, and then you look at, uh, you know, Besides the fact that McGarry is highly recruited, you look at Trey Burke's performance. Trey Burke's fantastic. I mean, this is a guy right out of Columbus that didn't even have an Ohio State offer. Uh, but but back to Michigan. I mean, 
is this a team that can win? go to the Final Four, if not win? Okay, well, they got Kansas first off. So Kansas pulled it together in the second round there, or in the second half against North Carolina because they, they were not looking good. It's a South regional game. It's in Dallas, so it's an interesting matchup because the just the proximity of the game, you're going to think it's closer to Kansas. So how many Michigan fans are going to get there? And Kansas is coming in as number one seed, but if if Bur- Burke's fantastic, I just I just would love a player like Burke. The, the, it's tough for me as a Michigan State person to say, but that guy gets it done. Twenty three points, he makes the steals when he needs to. Right. He dishes right. out these. So so Burke is great, and he just makes Robinson and Hardaway look fantastic. And then now you have McGarry, which is like the Adrian Payne factor. Oh yeah, it's unbelievable. Oh so. yeah. Now let's just jump to the phone real quick. We'll see what the callers have to say. Listen up, you're on the Spartan Sports Wrap. Who is this? Where are you calling from? Hey, yeah, this is Steve. Um, I'm calling from Hazlitt. Awesome, Steve. What's going on? Oh, I'm just uh, calling to talk about uh, Michigan State and Duke a little bit. I think Michigan State wins that game uh, just based on their overall physicality. I think they're going to kill Duke on the rebound. Wow. Um, you know, I don't think uh, that I, – I think the only way Duke wins is if they hit a lot of three-pointers, which they're totally capable of doing. Um, but, yeah, I just uh, – I don't see – I don't see any other way for them to win other than if they're on fire from threes. And I think state's defense is too good. Yes, Steve. Now, now you said that the physicality, and that's something that I agree with you, Steve. You made a great point because I personally think I've seen Plumlee flop around a little bit in this tournament. I've seen oh, him yeah, flop around, yeah, not being the matchup against these physical power forward centers. Uh, we even saw it against a Creighton team. Uh, who personally is more of a shooting team that didn't really have that down low presence. Now, you look at the the fact, besides of this physicality, but you look at this veteran guard play that that my buddy Dan here was talking about. I mean, how is how do you think Keith Appling, after a disappointing performance last game, Steve, is going to fare against these these great two guards? Sure. Well, uh, I would say Gary Harris has got to stay out of foul trouble this game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that that could have almost been an issue in the Memphis game. Uh, you know because I mean Trice is Trice is good, but we really need Harris to stay in there um, just with his better ball handling ability. I think. Um, you know, Appling steps up his game. He's not going to stay in this slump. Um, but, you know, I, I just think either way they're going to win, even, you know, whether Appling scores or not, really. No, I, I totally hear you. And besides the fact that, yes, uh, Gary Harris needs to stay out of foul trouble, I mean, the other thing for me is, is that if Gary Harris goes into foul trouble, and as sad as this sounds, the more it looks like this Spartan team is going to stay the same next year. And I don't know if you've been listening, Steve, earlier, but I'm personally scared, and Dan's a little scared too, that we may lose Adrian Payne. We could lose Gary Harris as an even a lottery pick. It's scary. I mean, do you feel the same way that this Michigan State team will have a totally different layout next year? Well, I mean, yes and no. I mean, Izzo finds a way to win year in, year out. Um, you know, definitely I would hate to lose uh, Payne and Harris. I think, uh, you know, Payne was really on fire this last game. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, I think it would be a mistake for him to leave. No, totally agree. Steve, thanks a lot for your calls. Always appreciate it. Tune in next week. Yeah, thanks, Alex. Thanks. All right. That was Steve calling from Hazlitt. Uh, we have a break, actually, in about two minutes. So before we get to that break, I mean, man, I mean, I'm mean, i glad that some of the callers agree that, yes, Duke's, you know, Michigan State's physicality, you see it from Knicks. You've seen him banging down low. I mean, I, and uh, the thing that really bothered me, Dan, last mm-hmm. game was, I don't know, and we haven't talked about this yet, was the tussle on the bench. I mean, right. we saw Knicks and Payne going back and forth, pointing fingers, throwing Appling towels. Appling was in on that, too. Appling was in uh-huh. on that, too. I mean, sure. I mean, of course, it wasn't because they were losing. I mean, of course, it was nope. they were fired up. It was part of the game. But, man, I mean, that physicality just spreads off you know, off the court. Right. And and the thing is, the I looked for the immediate reaction from Coach Tom Izzo. And when it happened, he just gently looked up from his clipboard was like, all right, he didn't freak out. So I think that this is the kind of tenacity that Izzo does want. He wants that because it didn't hinder the game and it, it they had no letdown from any of that. And so it, it, it tells me that this is something they're probably used to, especially from Izzo's reaction. So uh, it, no one looks scared by it. If anything, it shows a team that's, that Izzo wants. He wants a team that's going to blast through you. He's not going to mess around with tricks. He's going to get it down, pack it down to Knicks against Plumlee and see if he can just smash him in the face. So it's, it's the way he likes to do it. 517-432-3893. Do you agree with Steve, Steve from Hazlitt that this Duke team is not as physical as Michigan State? Do you agree with me that are you a little scared about this Spartan layout? I mean, of course, Steve said that, hey, 
Tom Izzo always gets his team ready year in and year out. Dan said it too. But I don't know because if you lose Payne and if you lose Nick's shirt, the team will be ready. But it's not the same kind of talent, and it may not be the same team that can go as far as they will this year. Three minutes after the hour of 7 o'clock right here on Impact 89 FM, we're going to take a quick break from this NCAA tournament talk because everyone's talking about it all over. If you turn on ESPN, if you turn on any major news source, it's all NCAA. So we're going to switch some tides here after we return from this short break. We're going to get into a little bit of the Detroit Tigers Tiger Woods, because he is surprising a lot of people, uh, along with the Miami Heat and the Detroit Lions draft rumors keep pouring on. Also, we'll talk about MSU women's basketball as they beat a tough Marist team last week, uh, uh, this past week, and now they're facing Maryland right now as it tips off at Maryland, at the Comcast Center. A little bit of home field advantage for them. And then, of course, goon of the week at the end of the show, last five minutes to go. This goon, actually, we've had Chad Johnson. We've had the player that injured himself uh, putting gum above the dugout. We've had we've got all kinds of goons on this show. Now, this goon is prime time the best. I guarantee you all year. So you don't want to miss a beat. Keep staying tuned as we return from this short break right here on Impact 89 FM. You're listening to Impact Exposure. At the football game, Jim shows the telltale signs of being wasted. He starts flexing for the camera. He refers to his muscles as gunboats. He screams, how's this for a halftime show? Jim streaks the field. It's easy to tell if you've had way too many to drive. But what if you've had just one too many to drive? Never underestimate just a few. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, the Ad Council, and this station. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Sunday nights, check out Sit or Spin from 8 to 10 p.m., where you can voice your opinion on what new music we play here on the Impact. Only on Impact Primetime. Morning, gentlemen. Want to hear our specials? Sure. First, we have the seafood special. It's been sitting around here for a week. We're known around these parts for our food poisoning. Wouldn't it be great if you could be warned of life's risks? If you have diabetes, you can. It's called A1C, a simple blood test that can help measure your risk of complications such as heart attack. To find out more, go to www.diabetesa1c.org. Brought to you by the American Diabetes Association, Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation International, and the Ad Council. Now, back to Impact Exposure. Welcome back to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact 89 FM. I'm Alex Sharg. Next to me, Dan Cryer. A PhD student here at Michigan State University who is studying sports research and team affiliation. We've been talking about all kinds of team affiliations thus far in the show. But guess what? A score update from Dan Cryer. The the Miami Heat who won their 26th straight. Looking for their 27th, I believe. Yes, yes. They are up 5 at Orlando. Up 23-18. Wow. So, I mean, we saw them blow out Detroit. Uh, uh, They took Charlotte out. Took Charlotte out pretty bad. I mean... We'll get into it in just a minute uh, about this Miami Heat team uh, and about how really good that how good they really are. But just basically summer, summarizing this NCAA talk before we move on, we talked about it within the whole 20 minutes of the show this far. Thanks for Stephen Hazlitt for calling in. I want to remind you, you can call in still. We've got 27 minutes left. 517-432-3893. You can tweet at us at 89FM Sports Rap. Any topics, any thoughts? We'd love to hear from you. And then, of course, remember, we always have our question of the week. Uh, score of the week, it's called, on here. But we have a trivia question every week. Keep staying tuned in future weeks so you can win yourself some future prizes. Uh, alongside with Michigan, Michigan State, the 15 seeds, the 14, uh, 13 seeds, the 12 seeds, let's just talk about re-ranking the Sweet 16 alongside with maybe Miami getting a number one. If you look at all the teams thus far, Dan, I mean... Let's just summarize. Who's the best team? First team that comes to your head, go. Louisville. And why is that? They are playing the kind of basketball that Rick Pitino loves. They are, that, you know, the, the, the full-court press. They, I think they had 20 steals in a game or whatever it was in their, first, in their first round. They looked really good against Colorado State. They have a, a matchup against Oregon who likes to play up-tempo, so they're going to play the same type of ball. 
but uh, Peyton Siva, they look great. I mean, Indiana also comes to mind. So, and, and like you said, Miami, Florida played a perfect game and barely won last night because Illinois played so well. But Miami, Florida looks great. And uh, Larkin is a great guard. So those are the three teams, Miami, Indiana, and Louisville. Not in that order, but... Right, uh, right. And, and yeah. I'm going to say this in... And this is me being as biased mm-hmm. as possible. And I, and I don't... I mean, I don't like to say this on the Spartan Sports Rap. But for me, along with Louisville, and this is why I don't agree with you, is because a lot of other teams do run the full-court press. Right. A lot of other teams do have some experienced guards. I mean, sure, Trey Burke, this is his second year, not as experienced as you know Louisville's third-year guards. But, I mean, there are guards out there that have experience. And yeah. I'm going to say Michigan is the best team right now well. because they beat... Shock is dangerous VCU team. They did. And not only did they, they beat them, but they clobbered them. I mean, I mean, twelve turn only twelve turnovers and twenty-five point victory. I mean, against a scary South Dakota State team, a scary VCU team. People have VCU in the Elite Eight I know. Final Four. I know. Scary. Five one seven four three two three eight nine three. Hold back your anger. If you're really <laughs> upset that I picked Michigan as the best team right now, please, please, please feel free to call in or tweet at me. Uh of course, we are going to move on, as we were talking about with the Miami Heat score update. I mean, wow. I mean, we've seen great teams in the NBA. A little NBA history for you. I mean, we've seen the great Celtics. We've seen the great Lakers. We've seen the bad boys. Uh, we've seen the early Detroit Pistons in 0405. I mean, we've seen the San, San Antonio Spurs legacy. How does this Miami team rank for you, Dan? Well, I mean, the first, the, the I mean, when you look at, I think it was the 96 97 Bulls were 72 and 10. So they were above and beyond. I don't know if sure. they were. I can't believe I forgot the Bulls. So, first. so, I, so I sure. No, yeah. No. Being a Chicagoan, you're sure. Sure. Now, <laughs> I did the, I was looking at the records. Miami was 29 and 14, 26 games ago. Now, that's an okay record. 29 and 14, decent. You add 26 consecutive wins on there, you become 55 and 14. There's only, what, 13 games left in the season. Right. They're winning right now. The record from the Lakers is 33 games in a row. So, the, and, and I know that the Heat have to go to Chicago for their next game, I think. So that could be a tripping tripping point. But this is insane. LeBron really does anything he wants. He gets his 32, 10, and 8 whenever he wants, Go takes takes a rest, and uh, they're just charging. Right, right. And, and here's the thing. When you look at the Bulls team, you had Pippen, you had Robin, Rodman, and you had Jordan. Now, that's their quote-unquote big three model, and that's probably what LeBron was going after. They saw that that teams can be successful with a big three model. But for me, it's a little bit different because I don't want to call it a little cheap because, you know, there is some uncertainty whether the fairness of signings, you can veto signings. We've seen some trades being vetoed before. But, I mean, you took three perennial perennial all-stars. These aren't just perennial all-stars. You took three perennial all-stars and put them on a team together, and then you match them up to Pippen and Rodman, who were all-stars, but they're not they're not they they're not individual players. I mean, they were just a solid team. I mean, I mean the chemistry between Rodman, Pippen, and, and, and Jordan. If you compare those three to three quote unquote superstar perennial players, I just think it's a different model. Right. Now you could look at it that way. Now I look at the whole package other than the first three. I mean, you have your Tex Winter triangle offense. You got Phil Jackson, Zen Master on the sideline. And then you just so happen to have Michael Jordan there as your LeBron guy. So the, the, there is something to be said for the, LeBron versus Michael. They're similar but different. LeBron's a big, stronger player. But, but uh, I mean, Dwayne Wade has shown to be able to get it done basically on his own when, he won, when they won over Dallas. Yeah, right. And so you had that championship. LeBron. Finally got it. So now the 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 the, the chip is off. You know he's relaxed for the first time in his career, and Bosch can just kind of hang out and make some jumpers. So, but 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 you know the Bulls they had they had decent players to go along with. You know they had Ron Harper and different different uh, you know ancillary pr- players there. And Miami's finding to work that that same the variables into the mix there. They they they, they have the Norris Coles and the right. and the Chalmers you know and the Battier boys. He and, and then they have Birdman on the team. I'm looking I, I look at all these players they throw in and it's like LeBron. Right. They're like LeBron, make me famous. Right, and then they're looking at the Ku coach. I mean, what was yeah, his yeah, rule? You isn't know, it funny. Yeah, funny. Uh, but th- then I want to hear from the listeners five one seven four three two three eight nine three. Again, five one seven four three two three eight nine three. You can also tweet at us at eighty nine FM Sports Rep. How big is this Heat team? Are is this going to be the new Spurs of of the two thousand ten era? Is this going to be a Miami Heat team that will win four or five championships? LeBron said it, not three. Not four, not five. We can go on and on, but we want to hear from you. Uh, of course, you know the number. We've got about 20 minutes left in the show. 
Uh, moving on from the Miami Heat, I mean, wow. I mean, let's just talk about another Tiger surprise in Tiger Woods. Uh, this guy coming out for the Arnold Palmer, taking back number one, and the number one ranking overall in the world is the best golfer. But the funny thing about it is, Dan, is if you're listening out there, and, and if you were listening before we took this quick break, I told you, there's a goon of the week you don't want to miss. And when we were picking the goon, when I was picking the goon uh, earlier today, at first, before Tiger won, Tiger was going to be my goon of the week. And the reason, I don't know if you heard that, but the reason that Tiger Woods was such a clown this week is because of this reason. And it's been talked about a little bit. I heard it a little bit on the Jim Rome show, but I want to go a little bit more into it. Lindsey Vaughn and Tiger Woods in a relationship. It's pretty big headline news. Tiger's new life. New golf swing, new new caddy, new tiger. Now, ugh, the thing about this whole ordeal with Lindsey Vaughn is Tiger Woods came out to the media and said that he wanted to keep the whole thing quiet because he because this is word for word what he said. He said, quote, I didn't want those sleazy tabloids to hear about it, end quote. Now, Tiger Woods calling somebody else sleazy. <laughs> tiger Woods calling somebody sleazy. I'm not going to get into why Tiger Woods is sleazy. You know if you're listening. But just um, astounding to me that the, all, all Tiger had to say, in my opinion, was that we just wanted to keep it quiet because it was still working. We were still working on things. You didn't need to call tabloid sleazy. I mean, Tiger Woods, you can't get any more sleazier than Tiger Woods. And don't tell me, when you're a celebrity, please do not tell me you don't want more attention. Okay, that's the funniest thing. Like, no, no, please leave us alone. But here's a picture of me and her. So he's getting exactly what he wants, and and he's trying to rehabilitate his image. He's trying to show that, and 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 you're going to get the gossip. He's thrown himself by by his past behavior. He's thrown himself into the tabloids. So welcome to that world for the rest of your career. So right, right, and then of course, like you said, welcome for the rest of your career in the tabloids. Well. A little bit more positive image, winning the Arnold Palmer, yep. uh, number one golfer in the yep. world. Eight I mean, time I just want to hear your Hill. opinions. Yep. I'm someone who studies, uh, you know, some sports research. Yep. I mean, look at the just the psychology, the abnormal psychology of Tiger Woods and his actions. I mean, from after his dispute, his long his long term caddy. I mean, yeah. How do you think? Just is, is Tiger Woods going to go up from here? Only up. And then how is his legacy tainted, if not at all? I am not a psychiatrist, psychologist, but from just a a layperson's psychoanalysis, the guy, he he has a diva diva aura about him because he likes to be the number one guy. He came up as the number one guy. And now look what happened. He distracted his career by his off the field, off the course behavior, and and it just became too much. No one could win with the things, the emotional drain that he put on his brain for those years with what what he did to his wife and kids. And so now he's finally probably you can see it's it's like he's going back to that baseline where he can just concentrate on the golf and it's coming through. And now he's he's going to be the, he's going to be the odds on favorite to win the Masters. So he's, he's he. I don't know if he's fully back until he gets that next Grand Slam. He won't be fully back, but he's getting there. There you have it from Dan Cryer five one seven four three two three eight nine three. Is he your favorite for the Masters? Because he is by some the favorite, but I don't know. You look at some of these vet- veteran golfers who have taken advantage of the Tiger falling out within the past year or two. Yep, and it's it's not a lone race. And of course, the way golf goes, as you know. And even the Golf Channel, anything's possible. Hey, look, Bubba won last year, so. Right. If Bubba can win, anything (laughs) is possible. All right. Moving on now from the Tiger ordeal, uh, we've got about 16 minutes left in the show. Uh, We talked about MSU basketball, NCAA tournament. Just to give you a little bit of update on the women's team. I mean, this is a women's team who had a very tough matchup against Maris. Back and forth basketball all game. You know, this is a, a number five ranked, a uh, number five seed Michigan State women's team who significantly the whole entire year has pounced on opponents, uh, and especially conference opponents, tough opponents. Of course, they had the tough, uh, the tough loss at Purdue to end the year, but now they're going in right now to face a Maryland team live right now. We'll get a, store, a score update in just a minute here, but... Oh man, you you talk about Michigan State having their home court advantage in Michigan, uh, not Michigan, but just Michigan State, as they played at the Auburn Hills. But talk about this Maryland team who's hosting Michigan State, and sure, when it comes to women's basketball, yeah, yeah. you can't nearly come as much uh, as great of attendance when it, when you compare it to men's. But 
it does help. I mean, Maryland literally not having to travel a step compared to Susie Merchant's team traveling out east miles away. I mean, it certainly does help, and this is a tough Maryland team. I don't know. Have you been watching this woman's team, uh, Clarissa Bell's play last game, uh, anything like that, Dan? Well, I, I've I've seen them play a few times in person this season. They 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 definitely have a, a good cohesion. They're well coached. Obviously, this is just tough. I mean, I'm 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 looking at the early score here, and uh, it's just. It's part of the it's part of the game of women's basketball because, like you said, the attendance and the venues. So you have a four seed that gets to host, and I, I'm not even sure on the full statistics, but I would I would I would think that the home team's going to come out of their own their own bracket at least for the first whatever rounds they're in. Almost 75 um, percent of the time, it's just a guess on my part because. And 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 it's a comfort zone that a team has when they're home, especially in, the, in in tournament basketball. When you know your season can end, the nervousness that can affect the players' play is is off the charts. So to be in your in your comfort zone, literally at home for Maryland, it's a great advantage. But that's that's just how it goes, right? You know. Now, of course, some other pretty big news: the uh, national club fencing championships. When it comes to Michigan State sports, because we cover it first here, huh. they're going to be here in East Lansing this April. Uh, in a few weeks, we're going to have the national fencing. Uh, Championships. Uh, reading some stuff right now. Uh, Dartmouth, the Big Green fencing team. They're the favorite because they are the champions of past this uh, of this past weekend in the New England Club Championships, hosted by New Hampshire. So uh, we'll give you a little update on fencing if you care. And I mean, uh, I mean, we're no fencing. I have never here. fenced. <laughs> I mean, you know, no, you know what? Not I, officially. I have fenced. You know, I've got the one in my yard, and you know, sometimes yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been, so- I've been, things have been wa- waved at me uh, violently. Yeah, you know, sometimes, you know, I, I put my hands on top, I, I boost myself over, so, you know, I fence a little bit, you know, that's that's as far as I can go. I've been on the fence with some people in my life. So, yeah, right. Hey, if you've been on the fence with people, how about Chad Johnson? I mean, we talked about the beginning of the show, if you're on the, if you're on the fence with Chad Johnson, 517-432-3893, I mean, we just have a great time over here with them. I mean, we'll keep talking about him week in, week out, but, I mean, are you on the fence yeah, you know, even about Tiger Woods. I mean, of course, he's played very well, but and of course, he is the favorite. But are you not so sold on his new image? Is this Lindsey Vaughn ordeal going to be more distracting? We want to hear it from you. We're also taking your tweets. Uh, alongside with that, uh, and alongside with fencing, uh, let's get into uh, some Detroit Tigers talk. Uh, time as for they, baseball. That's right. Time for baseball. Just a week away. Just about uh, starting rosters. For the Detroit Tigers will be announced very, very soon. Uh, some of the major issues with that roster start with relief pitching. Uh, Nick Castellanos rumored to maybe come up a little bit later. Uh, still deciding whether that will come in full circle. It looks like the outfield's going to be Barry Dirks, Torrey Hunter. Torrey Hunter, big pickup. Uh, yeah, so defense, yeah. the outfield looks solidified without him. Uh, whether that he will be moved up, I don't know. But uh, anyways, uh, I don't know. But... Alongside with the Detroit Tigers, uh, there are some guys that are looking to make the roster. And some of those guys are really pitchers. Uh, some of these Detroit Tiger guys uh, is a left-handed pitcher like Kyle Lobstein, who's a, uh, who's a left-handed double-A Erie guy who actually, the Tigers just love him so much. This is, if you're not aware of the Rule 5, uh, the Rule 5 draft happens uh, occasionally where the Tigers will pick up a guy from this rule. Uh, Dan, I mean, do you want to explain a little bit about the Rule you 5? You go. Please go. The, I baseball mean, is – I love baseball, but please, you're more of an expert than I am. No, no. I mean, I mean, but um, – all right. Besides the Rule 5, mainly what you should know is the Tigers have this guy named Kyle Lobstein. And this guy, he's been with uh, – he was sent today from the big league camp to AA Erie. Uh, they were trying him out a little bit up uh, for the Tigers roster uh, because they are looking for some relief. Uh, this guy, he posted a 7.5 ERA this spring uh, with Tampa Bay. Uh, he had an 8-7 record, 4.06 and 129 strikeouts. Uh, that's in the Southern League. Uh, he was originally drafted by them in the amateur draft. Uh, since then, he's had a 30-30 record, 3.85. Uh, but this guy's got a lot of potential. I mean, so much potential, and this is what I'm going to get to, is the Detroit Tigers, because of the Rule 5 draft, they traded their catcher, Kurt Casale, from Class A Lakeland, in order to keep Kyle Lobstein. So, I mean, that just hints a little bit for me right there, personally, that the Tigers are looking for relief. Now, of course, it's been rumored, but I don't know. This, for me, is a little bit of a telltale sign. Yeah. You're trading a, a Kirk Casale, catch a uh, Class A catcher, because, sure, you have Avila, 
you have Victor Martinez yeah. there that can't play. Right. But I mean, they're not going to be sent. You're not going to be catchers for very long. In in, a, in you know when Kirk Casale's in his late twenties, they're going to call him up. So. I mean, that, for me, just says a lot right there. Also, another issue with the Detroit Tigers is their starting five. I mean, you've got Scherzer, you've got Verlander, you've got Sanchez, but then you've got Porcello and Smiley duking out for the last spot. Now, if Smiley doesn't get the nod, and and even Porcello has pitched very well over spring training, that some say he's pitched better than Doug Fister, who solidified himself. Now, if Smiley doesn't get his starting position, he's slated to be in that relief you know, as a mid-relief pitcher, going going the distance in a lot of innings. Uh, but Dan, I mean, you're yeah. not much of you're from. Yeah, I mean, it's the it's the minors that. But but I know that baseball you got you got 162 games. So and and the one thing that you're gonna want is pitching. You're gonna want left-handed pitching if you can get it. You're gonna want any sort of relief, and you're gonna in 162 games you can see massage the team and see what's gonna work. So so they do. It's good to have the Verlanders. It's good that they got Sanchez in there in there. And and Fister, Smiley, Porcel, like you said, but they're gonna with the relief. They're gonna play around a little bit. And and as we saw last season, it started off great, then fell fell in the middle, not so great, and then really really strong strong performance in in August and September for the Tigers. So you get a lot of time to adjust in baseball, right? Uh, alongside with that time to adjust in baseball, let's just talk about the adjustment of Victor Martinez. This is a guy who's been out all year. He's coming in out of spring training, looking great. Tigers with his vi- little to no injuries. Quentin Barry coming back just fine, yeah. just swiftly. Dangerous team. This is, yeah. besides the Giants, I mean, they're probably slated to win it all once yeah. again. Hey, triple with, crown winner on the team. Hey. Right, and with an even stronger lineup. So hopefully they will win that. Uh, alongside with the Detroit Tigers and some other news, let's just talk about this Michigan State football team and some question marks. Uh, new assistant, I don't know if you've been following, Ron Burton, how well will he do as a recruiter on the defensive side of the ball, uh, coming from an Air Force squad with a, you know, a big diversity of, of different formations? Yeah. Uh, I wonder if MSU is going to run anything new this year. Hey, look, I, it's always that's, – that's the beauty of college football is it, it does kind of reset every year. I mean, other than an SEC team. And, and I mean, you know, you know which teams are going to get the big, the big players coming in, your SEC teams. But you're in your Ohio State, Michigan – now Michigan State has a, a, a bowl victory, they, so they, that's a great selling point for recruiting. And and D'Antonio's doing what he what what he he does what he wants. He has two straight eleven win seasons. Last year was kind of a letdown, but they did get the bowl victory. So you're gonna see. I think an interest. I mean, I would want to. I would. I'm a student here, but I would want to be here if I if I for our being recruited. So right, right, right. And of course, uh, alongside with him, uh, no. Question mark still a quarterback. We talked about it yeah, last week. Let's just, just propose it real quickly. Yeah. Maxwell, of course, is the starting guy. Right. But let's just do a little bit of mi- – eh, yeah, we'll do a little bit early predictions. Yeah. Ultimately, do you think Maxwell, just based off a year of experience, is he – when it comes to that first day, and we don't know what's going to happen during right. training camp, we don't know what's going to happen during the two days, yeah. but is Maxwell going to be starting that first game of the season? Do you see maybe Tyler O'Connor coming up? Right. Out of Lima, Ohio, a lot of, a lot of hype uh, out of him. Is this going to be the guy to compete with Maxwell? Well, yeah, you got to play the hot hand, and 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 Maxwell has shown he he's got the size and he's got the he's got the power, but you gotta you gotta put a little touch on that. So I want to see what adjustments Maxwell has made in this offseason. I want to see if he has a good spring because he, he's 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 got the he's got the arm, but you got to have the touch. And so if if they can't adjust him down a little bit and throttle him down, you're gonna see a, a younger quarterback getting a chance. You're gonna you're gonna try the hot hand like right. in baseball. Absolutely. Um, moving on now, we've got a couple more topics to cover before we get to our Goon of the Week. Uh, Dylan's going to cue that little thing up in a little bit. But alongside with that uh, and the new coaching changes and the new open positions, an article came out recently from Mark Sessler uh, from the NFL uh, from NFL.com about Jim Schwartz's son, Christian, uh, giving him the silent treatment after the Lions' unfortunate season. Uh, Coach Schwartz told Anwar Richardson that, quote, Nobody's happy. My kids are just starting to talk to me again. My son has a lot of Lions posters and sweatshirts and hats. They weren't happy with 4-12 and either. Believe me, nobody was. And we all want to get that taste out of our mouth. So, uh, I mean, whether that uh, was, unless Christian was actually upset, Schwartz said this, quote, If you see his room... He's got Lions helmets and jerseys. It's not because he's my son. It's because he's a big Lions fan. If I worked down at the at the Rogue, which is a local automotive plant, he'd still have all that same stuff. 
He's a fan. I imagine that you walk into the Rogue on Monday morning after Lions lost. Nobody is in a good mood. Nobody is in a good mood over in Allen Park either. So, I mean, it's obvious that his son's upset. Uh, and I wonder how that's going to affect him. Uh, whether that's going to maybe mold his, you know, aggressive decisions as someone well, who now studies. Now this is right. Now this is now we're talking about my research. And and when you talk about team affiliation, you're talking about your identity through the team. Now, you don't have, as we know, we're sports fans. We are not physically on the team, but we affiliate mentally with the team. And what happens? It's it's shown. It's it's substantiated with all the research. When the team that you are feel mentally part of wins, your self esteem goes up. You want to be draped in the gear. You want to purchase cookware that says that. When you're even the son of a coach and the team goes 4-12, and 12, your self-esteem goes down. People start questioning what, what you're doing wrong. You wonder, what what maybe I'm not this or that. And so you see it – and you say no one wants to go into work and, and look at each other because they're all feeling maybe uh, you know we're affiliating with the wrong team and maybe I'm not good enough. But you look at a team – I bet the Baltimore Ravens are having one heck of a time right now. They, they're waking up every morning going, gosh, that was great to win that Super Bowl. Like I love my new Baltimore Ravens uh, iPhone cover. Hey, look at that because it reminds me of how good I feel about myself. So it's winning solves everything and losing's tough. But you know you got to deal with both most of the time. Not everybody wins everything, but uh, it's, it does affect your, your psyche. Right. And, of course, Christian – his psyche's for real. I mean, this isn't a joke. Uh, so we'll talk a little bit more about that next week alongside with the Detroit Lions' number five draft pick. Is it going to be Eric Fisher? Is it going to be Lane Johnson? Is it going to be uh, D. Milner? Or is it going to be the defensive end? Uh, we'll talk about that all more next week. But now it's time for our annual segment that we like to put in the last couple minutes. Goon, 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 goon. Goon of the week. That's right. It's our goon of the week, and I promise you, you definitely wanted to stay tuned for this one. You're not going to believe it when I tell you, but uh, this just makes me sick. Listen to this. And this comes out of localized Detroit, okay? Mixed martial arts promoters Christos Palafas and Scott DiPonio, they heard that one of their fighters was a holdup in a Michigan gun shop this week. Some guy went to a Michigan gun shop and held him up. Uh, and this is after, uh, you know, this is after, you know, they went through this little thing. And this little thing was that one of their heavyweight fighters that they promoted was, was, was quote-unquote dead. His family paid for his funeral. Uh, they helped the heavyweight pay for his funeral. But they were pretty shocked to see Charles Rowan, this MMA fighter who had his funeral, supposedly, be the prime subject in this Michigan gun holdup. I mean, this is like, oh my goodness, uh, this is, uh, what is this, a Jimmy Hoffa but actually alive? <laughs> uh, imagine this. This is an MMA fighter who fakes his death but I guess was a little pressured. He was on the sex offenders list. Uh, he had uh, a marijuana possession on him. He had a, a couple other things. He was not able to get back into fighting. But, I mean, this is the probation absconder right here. I mean, I mean this is a guy who, uh, from the Michigan Department of Corrections, is probably going to get a lot of time. Uh, they helped raise $1,300 in proceeds and donations. Uh, through the benefit event fight for Charlie two weeks ago. And this was all for the fact that this guy was rumored to be dead. Dead. And now he's faking his death and he's holding up uh, Michigan gun shops around the state. Unbelievable. Dan, uh, I have never, ever heard anything like this in my entire life. This for me, if you agree with me, I want to hear you call in 517-432-3893. This is the ultimate goon ever. The whole time I've been here for the last year, well, probably well, seven months I've been here, this is the ultimate coon in my eyes. Have you ever heard of anything like this? I, I have not. I, I don't even know how you go about faking your own death and getting away with it. And uh, But uh, you're the one who's calling the MMA fair a goon. So, uh, yeah, like uh, that's okay, man. Like Let this guy do what he wants to do. Yeah, and this is funny. This, this is what the MMA promoter Christos Palafis said. He said, quote, It made me sick to my stomach. I was furious. I was livid. It's not so much about the money. It's just how many people were involved in this scam. The little bit that I knew about this kid, I never would have thought that he'd try to pull some Machiavelli crap like that. Ken quote. And what he means is he, he didn't know much about the kid because a year and a half ago, 
I mean, this this guy Rowan wasn't even an MMA fighter. He was two hundred plus. Uh, he he just he was an amateur. He just tried it out, and these guys gave him the chance. They let him fight in the, in the arena. Yeah. So I mean, this is some not only this Hoffa but Machiavelli crap that Charles Rowan is pulling. Uh, with a couple of seconds to go, we'll leave you with the MMA fighter faking his death. I'm Alex Sharg. Want to give a special thanks to Dan Cryer. Dan. Hey, thank you. Of course. I mean, let's just hear who's going to win it for you. Who's going to win it with this NCAA tournament? What's your pick? Michigan State Spartans. All right. We'll leave you with the Spartan faithful. And we'll see you next week, Monday from 7 to 8, right here on WDBM East Lansing. Happy March Madness, everybody. You've been listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Tune in every week for more of the greatest sports information, news, and analysis. Here and only here on Impact 89FM.